When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The, the, the winds of change are blowing through Raider Nation. And Silver and Black Today keeps you up to date with the latest news and views about your Las Vegas Raiders. Touchdown Las Vegas! Insight, opinions, and interviews. We're on the cutting edge of what's happening now. Now, now, with the latest on your Raiders and the NFL. Your host, Scott Goldbranson and Mo Moten. Welcome back. It's time for another Silver and Black Blitz. That's right, from Silver and Black today. Scott Goldbranson with your Blitz for the day. Just a reminder, please subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your audio just look for Silver and Black today, and you'll find us there. And we certainly appreciate immense growth happening here on the podcast. Uh, both Mo Moten and I, my co-host, of course, on our longer shows, love that you guys are loving the show. So thank you for doing that as well. These shorter Blitz versions of the show give you a nice little s- subset of Raiders news and information. And today we're going to talk about the Raiders. Remember all those people who said Mark Davis the poorest owner in the NFL. He can't do anything. He's got no cash. He can't sign players, all that stuff. Well, guess what, folks? Mark Davis and the Raiders now are doing well from a business perspective. We can't talk about on the field yet. We got the 2023 season to see how that goes. But overall, the Raiders in the latest Forbes ranking continue to put up some impressive numbers there off the field. And to uh, bring you that story and to talk you with that story, through that story, I should say, is our good friend Mick Akers, who's a reporter uh, at the Las Vegas Review-Journal, good friend of the show. He covers the Raiders all the way around, but when it comes to the business side of things and what's happening with them off the field, he is a go-to guy. So we go out to Las Vegas now and we bring in our good friend Mick Akers. All right, so Mick joins us now. Mick, uh, man, thanks for joining us here on Silver and Black today. The Silver and Black Blitz, our little short shows. Uh, we certainly appreciate it. All right, let's talk about this Raiders team. So, you know, Mick, you go back to 2017 when the Raiders got approval to move to Las Vegas from the NFL. Of course, the narrative around this team since the death of Al Davis has been how poor it is, how Mark Davis is the poorest owner. He's got no cash flow. Man, things have changed. The Raiders' valuation now, according to Forbes and according to your story on the RJ, is the fact that they have now doubled their basic worth since they moved to Nevada, now at $6.2 billion. What did that report say? Where, where does that valuation come from for people who might be new to understanding how they how they kind of computate that number? Yeah, so obviously, uh, you know, ever since the chatter of, in 2016 again about, hey, the Raiders could end up in Vegas, that's when their value started going up. 
and then you fast forward and they secure that $750 million in public funding to go towards the $2 billion Allegiant Stadium. Uh, then you look at, hey, we sell $549 million worth of PSLs, <laughs> sell out the season tickets before the stadium's even built. Then they you know, generated millions of dollars off of sponsorship deals. Uh, Legion Stadium, obviously sponsored by Legionnaire. They got all pretty much all the major players in, their, in the resort corridor there. They have their names throughout the stadium. They have their own suites. Uh, over 155 suites in there, so those are, you know, are mainly – uh, owned by you know the, the large casinos as well, so that's a lot of money in there. And then uh, also you know just the tickets themselves, they, they you know they're number one in the NFL in ticket revenue, so that's ninety million dollars from mm. last year. Uh, they also generated seventy million dollars off non NFL events, say you know concerts and one off sporting events at the stadium. Uh, so you know just kind of a a vast mix of things that kind of built up to this. So uh, you know just each year it increases pretty steadily. They were uh, right below. Uh, uh, the second to the uh, last in valuation before they moved here, and now they're uh, number six. So, you know, pretty meteorotic uh, rise there for the Raiders in their valuation. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's the, that's the interesting piece of this, too, is the fact that, remember, for those of us who lived in southern Nevada during the whole funding discussion and building Allegiant Stadium, and then you covered that, obviously, Mick, uh, from beginning to end, there was a lot of consternation around the fact that, well, what is this stadium going to do? Okay, it's only 10 dates a year, and you know we're enriching billionaire NFL owners. It's What's it going to really benefit the community? When you look at that, now we've been talking about, obviously here, the Raiders numbers, and you talked about $90 million off tickets, $70 million off non-NFL uh, events at Allegiant Stadium. What about the kind of uh, greater good for the public revenue based on this. So the stadium itself, the seventy million goes to the Raiders. What about the public dollar here? What what has what has benefited Las Vegas in having the stadium, which obviously wouldn't have been there without the Raiders being involved? Right. So you know, aside from landing some major events that we wouldn't otherwise have seen, we just had Beyonce here this past weekend. Um, you know, we didn't have a facility to hold, say her or Taylor Swift or someone along those lines. So mm-hmm. we're, we're getting these events that we were missing out on before. Uh, this is also serving as a major driver of visitation. Um, that room tax, so the $750 million is paid for by room tax on Clark County rooms, about uh, 0.88%. So that goes and repays the bonds they use to, to build the stadium, $750 million. Uh, so anytime someone comes and goes, hey, we're going to go to Vegas and take in this Raiders game or this concert or this soccer match, uh, we're going to go to Vegas. We're going to stay at this hotel room for, say, three or four days. Um, that's generating the tax money that goes towards the stadium. Then they go to the stadium, obviously, and they take in that event. Then they go out the strip. They take in the dining, the shows, and all that, the shopping, generating uh, tax revenue here as well. So you look at some of the events, and you know there are over 70 to 80% of people from out of town, especially some of these large soccer events and mm-hmm. some of these uh, concerts as well. And even some Raiders games can surpass 50% of people coming from out of market. And those aren't all opposing fans. That's some Raiders fans coming from Southern California, Northern California, you know, and all around the area here as well. So uh, just it was kind of by design. People kind of complain about it when they look at some of the crowds at the Raiders games too, though. But uh, kind of by design, it's kind of paying for itself there. Mm-hmm. And uh, generating well over two hundred sixty million dollars already on that room tax since they instituted it in uh, March of twenty seventeen. 
Yeah, it's interesting too, Mick, because I'm sure you're aware, since you follow what's going on in that realm, is that Nashville, who's uh, of course now wanting to build a new stadium and going to build a new stadium for the Titans, is using the same model Las Vegas used as far as room tax, in essence, getting visitors to pay for your new stuff that's permanently in the city. So clearly they've seen it work in Las Vegas and they, like Las Vegas, more of a destination city with a huge tourism angle. Of course, they have the music industry and all that there, but but similarities there. So this is becoming sort of a model for others, is it not? Yeah, um, Steve Hill, the chairman of the Las Vegas Stadium Authority, has mentioned this many times that, you know, some of these other people looking at building new stadiums or have reached out to them and they've kind of looked at their blueprint and, you know, like you said, with Tennessee, they're, uh, they secured uh, $1.26 billion, so obviously more than the Raiders got to go towards that, and that's going to be paid for by, you know, people going and staying in the rooms there. Obviously, they're also a tourist destination there as well. So uh, just their value alone jumped uh, over 20% as well this past year. Um, only five teams had a 20-plus percent jump, and, you know, of course, the Raiders are in there, and they were as well. That's largely due to them landing that money. So it's definitely serving has a, a way to say, hey, look, we can build these things, and people moan and groan about the public financing part of it. But, hey, if it's going to be mainly people from out of state paying for this, you know, that kind of takes the edge off that a little bit. What up, y'all? It's your boy Danny Green, three-time NBA champ. You either rooted for me or rooted against me. Join myself and my co-host Harrison Sanford on the Inside the Green Room podcast. It's a podcast that brings you never-before-told tales from the locker room to candid interviews with basketball legends to breakdowns of what's happening in the NBA right now. Whether you're a diehard fan or casual about your hoops, this podcast brings you the game like never before. Follow Inside the Green Room on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. We're back here with Mick Akers from the Las Vegas Review Journal talking about the Raiders' financial situation. And Mick, we talked a little bit earlier about, and you talked about how visiting fans and visiting Raiders fans from outside the market of Las Vegas, outside of Southern Nevada, come in and attend those games. Uh, And that's been obviously a sensitive subject for Raider fans, right? When they see, and again, it was a preseason game, but when they see a lot of red shirts there, when the 49ers are in town, uh, Raider fans get a little upset and they tend to criticize Southern Nevada because it's like, what's going on? Why aren't Raider fans there? Why are they selling their tickets? Uh, In reality, what's your read on the kind of, the kind of stickiness of the Raiders as the home team in Las Vegas, because of course the golden Knights are a hard example to use because they were, as they use in their own hashtag in social media, they were Vegas born. They were a, a franchise that was built from the ground up an expansion franchise where the Raiders obviously with their existing history come in. Um, where, where would you say that's at in the maturation process of the Raiders really becoming Las Vegas's team? Yeah, so, you know, I think more and more you're seeing a lot more Raiders fans here, you know, even some fans converting to Raiders fans that were previously other, you know, teams fans, uh, seeing a lot more of the license plates popping up that, you know, mm-hmm. the, the Nevada specialty license plates with the Raiders. Um, in, of course, with the new stadium and, you know, the buzz behind the, the Raiders coming to Vegas, the tickets on the secondary market are number one as far as most expensive, and that's been since fans have been allowed in the games in, since 2021. So, you know, some of these fans are saying, hey, we're looking to make a quick buck. We, we put all this money down for the PSLs and we keep paying it every year for the season tickets. Why not, you know, recoup some of that? So I think a lot of that is just the early on people are trying to, you know, make that money while they can. But I think it has, it's moving on more. You know, it's, people are kind of taking it more as Vegas's team, you know, especially with all the spotlight, spotlight on Vegas. Mm. Uh, we have the Super Bowl coming up here in February. So 
um, you know, we, we do see that mix of fans coming in from out of market. And, you know, that's going to continue in some sense, you know, as long as the Raiders are here, just because, you know, the destination of Las Vegas. But just as far as people taking it and saying, hey, Vegas, uh, Raiders are, are Vegas's team now, I think that's been growing each year. And I think it's largely because they're getting into the community. They do all kinds of community events. They go to schools. They have all these drives, donation drives and such. So I think people are saying, hey, they actually are putting time in the community. So I think some people are kind of changing their tune and saying, hey, I guess I'm going to convert and be a, a Raiders fan. Yeah. And it takes time, right? I, that's what I've been telling people here on the show, Mick, is the fact that it takes time. There will be people who will quote unquote convert because for those of us who lived in Las Vegas and Mick, you've been there a long time. My wife was born and raised there. I had kids born there. So I was there back before the pro sports days and there were people from everywhere. Right. And so they had their affiliations and there wasn't a team in town to rally behind. I always think too, winning would help that because people love to get on, on board when it's winning. And if you're lukewarm with a team because you're originally from New York and you haven't seen the Jets play in, in person in 15 years, you suddenly will gravitate towards your home team if it's winning. So I think a lot of it will take care of itself. You mentioned the Super Bowl, obviously massive for any city economically to land the biggest game in the world, or at least from an American perspective, uh, with the Super Bowl. Talk to me a little bit about that and what it will do for not only, obviously, Las Vegas and the, and, and the Valley and Clark County, but for this Raiders franchise to, to get everybody. I mean, the Raiders have not hosted a Super Bowl like this before. So for them, as, as the focal point of the game, as far as the host goes, how much of that is going to help, again, with the valuation of the franchise and Las Vegas as a market for pro sports? As we know, you've been covering the A situation as well. How is that all moving along and what's it going to mean for Las Vegas? Yeah, so obviously with Vegas, it's going to just be another cementing aspect of saying, hey, we're a major pro sports town. We got that. We have F1 coming in with the Las Vegas Grand Prix months before that. So it's going to be basically two of the biggest events in Las Vegas history happening with a few months of each other with New Year's Eve thrown in the middle there. So, um, (laughs) yeah, so it's going to be – we already have, you know, more people that usually come to Las Vegas for the Super Bowl to watch in the sports books and such than than go to the actual Super Bowl host city site. So – um, you add that in to Las Vegas, so it's going to be another uh, six to seven hundred million dollars of, of revenue generated. So all all in added with those people that already come here to watch in the sports books, it's going to be over a billion dollar weekend. So Vegas is getting their key there, and then you get um, the Raiders obviously hosting it, and throughout the week it's going to all the media is going to be talking about Las Vegas and Raiders names going to be thrown out there a lot. You're going to see the stadium and you know, their logo is going to be all over the place in there as well. Mm-hmm. So it's just, it's going to show, Hey, look at Las Vegas. Look, look at what they're doing. The Raiders are in there and they're right in the mix with it. So I think it just kind of cements their spot in Las Vegas and Las Vegas spot in the pro sports realm. Oh yeah, absolutely. Mick, before we let you go, just a quick question. Since we have a lot of listeners in the Bay area uh, who listen to the show uh, the A's, the situation with the A's, the stadium, you know, a lot of a lot of negative coverage, obviously, in the Bay Area because they're leaving about the stadium renderings and how they're not actually real. What's the latest with the stadium and with the A's? Uh, and, and if you had to put a percentage on this thing getting done and everything happening the way uh, both sides want it to be, what would it be? Yeah, so they're, they submitted their relocation application to Major League Baseball, so that was the key step that everyone's kind of waiting for. So now there are relocation committees going over it and then they'll forward it to MLB executives. And then from there, they'll call a vote of the owners. Uh, they need 75% of the owners to vote in favor of this. 
Um, you look at the situation in Oakland and the Coliseum, you know, it's super aging. That's where the Raiders left. Um, so not generating uh, much revenue there. Is, and, you know, the fans aren't showing up unless they do the reverse boycott thing that they've been, they've been mm-hmm. doing the last few months here. Um, so, you know, I think the <laughs> owners, from what I've been told, are for the most part on board with this because you look at Las Vegas and look look at the Raiders. They've doubled their value since they've been out here. So I'm sure they're all looking at that. Mm-hmm. They see the, the success of the Knights. You see that the Aces won the WNBA championship and they're looking like they might do it again. So, I, you know, I, I think it's going to happen. It's just the formalities are playing out. People kind of blew up that rendering thing a little too much out of it, you know, just because they wanted to have some kind of thing to say, hey, it might look like this on this corner of the Las Vegas yeah, strip. Paint the so vision. They put that out and then people kind of, people took it, you know, like, oh, that's going to be exactly what it's going to be like. Well, you know, that's why it's, it's a rendering, right? It's, it's just something to give you an idea of what it might look like. So now mm-hmm. they're in. They're having a competition of sorts between two design groups who will actually design the stadium and what it'll actually be. So they're in the midst of that too. They're hoping to have that done by October and have that designer chosen. And somewhere in between there, uh, I think the relocation vote will come down as well. Mm-hmm. And if I had to put a percentage on it, I'm going to say 95% it's going wow. to get done. Yeah, and that and they're locked in on the Tropicana site, right? There's no other options uh, and, and, it, and it's going to be there. Yeah, so when they got their public financing of up to $380 million in that law, it said you have to be on this site. Okay. So they can't move around. So they, they were smart about keeping that. The, the state um, legislature said, hey, we, we want to have that in the law so you don't get this money and you move around because obviously that's an iconic spot and right on the strip. So, yeah, so they're locked in. They can't move from that site. That makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. All right, man. Well, I appreciate it. Mick Akers, make sure you read his stuff. Um, great follow on Twitter if you want to keep in touch with what's going on in Las Vegas, especially on the sports scene, as well as read him in the Las Vegas Review Journal. Mick, thanks for joining us here on Silver and Black today. Thanks, Scott. Well, there you have it. The latest on the Raiders. All that dough they're bringing in. Yes. The Mac Daddy Mark Davis. <laughs> Everybody, remember how poor Mark Davis was? Now again, you got to separate. You got to separate what's happening on the field. I'm not talking about what he's done with general managers and coaches and all that stuff. That's a separate conversation. But when it comes to the money side, it's remarkable. Double their value in 7 years. Doubled. So now you know why Major League Baseball despite the suspect ownership of the A's Wants to get, that's why we asked Mick there at the end of that interview about the A's move to Las Vegas as well, because they're seeing what's happening with the Raiders. You saw the Golden Knights. I know NHL is the fourth sport, but nonetheless, the NHL, what the Golden Knights did, they just won a Stanley Cup. They've been to two Stanley Cup finals in six years in their existence, including the first year they were in existence. So this is why the viability of Las Vegas. And I know there's a lot of angry Raiders still and A's fans in Oakland who want to hate on Vegas and make all the typical jokes about, you know, transiency and all this other stuff that, you know, which is ironic coming from California. But nonetheless, it's that's why you don't get mad at the area. It's not, you know, you don't criticize an area because it offers opportunity. I mean, that's how, I mean, that's how my family got to California when we grew up in California was California had so much opportunity. My parents went there. 
Nevada happens to be in one of those eras where there's a lot of opportunity and people are seeing and they're going there. The Raiders have done it, doubled the value, led the league in ticket sales. Remember, and that's the ticket sales is direct ticket sales. It's not secondary market where the place, prices get inflated. $90 million off home games last year. Wow. Another $70 million off the concerts, soccer, and everything else they got going in Allegiant Stadium, UNLV football, you name it. So, again, this is what's happened. This is why the franchise, while the team on the field is not quite there yet, the franchise overall, the health, is better than it's ever been. And so you can't argue with the fact that they left Oakland from a financial, you got to take the emotion out of it, strictly business perspective, it has worked out beyond expectations, I am sure. And there's a little bit of visionary in there. So you can make fun of Mark Davis's haircut, but he's either got himself surrounded by people. You go back to Mark Bedane and Dan Ventrell. I know their, their 10 years ended kind of strangely with the Raiders, but overall, those guys, Napoleon McCallum, all those guys who organized the move to Vegas advised Mark Davis uh, correctly. And Mark Davis made good choices from a business perspective. So there you go. But we just thought this story break in today was interesting. So we wanted to bring you another silver and black blitz blitz from silver and black today. Again, uh, here on the last day, this is the last day of August folks. Oh my gosh, September. You know what that means? That means 10 days, 10 days from today, the NFL season begins or seven days, actually 10 days until uh, the Raiders get out there with 10 or 11 days, whatever it is. We'll figure it out. I'm not good with math. So anyway, want to thank you guys for joining us. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast if you don't already do it. We will be back with our next full show on Tuesday. Mo and I will be back. Uh, might drop a blitz in between then on Monday. We'll see what's going on. Uh, but uh, make sure you subscribe wherever you get your audio. Also, check out our YouTube page where you can subscribe, hit the notifications bell, and when we have a new video up there, always great chat going on up on the YouTube. So thank you very much for that. This has been our biggest month in the history of the show. Uh, you know, with podcasts, they don't go by ratings, they go by downloads. And uh, the downloads this month, because of you, because of our amazing audience, has been unreal. We've almost completely doubled the amount of downloads over the course uh, of a year uh, for the month of August. So, geez, just we, we are humbled by your support, and we thank you, and we will continue to earn your trust. And you won't always agree with us, but we will always do our best to entertain and bring you information on the Raiders that you appreciate. All right. Well, for our producer, Mike Robier, for my co-host, Mo Moten, I am Scott Colbranson. This has been a Silver and Black Blitz from Silver and Black today. And do me a favor, Raider Nation, stay frosty. <laughs>